Scooby-Dooby-Doo, where are you? We got some work to yeah, do I know now. That one. We know that one. We know that one. Everybody knows that one. And of course, the one and only Kimberly Brooks knows that one because yes. she was a hex girl. Man, oh man, we got the one and only Kimberly Brooks. Like I said, coming on the show, she is an amazing voice actress that everybody has heard her voice before. Oh my gosh. And, and I'm just thrilled because she, I love that. Uh, and woo boy, do we have some news for y'all? Like, in case you didn't know, there's this little show called um, Yellowstone, teeny tiny, by Tyler Sheridan, who's basically like the god at Paramount right now. Literally. All of his stuff. We've got news about all of his stuff. We got that. We got news from Warner Brothers. We got news from Disney. A lot of exciting news. A lot of pickups. A lot of renewals. I think you guys are gonna be really happy with. So, and of course, Spider Man. Because anytime there's Sony, there's Spider Man. Exactly. Exactly. That's what it's all about, man. If it's happening in Hollywood, we are talking about it. But before we get into that, that show now here's a word from our sponsor this episode is sponsored by self pause a self-affirmation yes. meditation app that helps you start your day stay motivated and love yourself because you guys know we have been talking about this subject a lot with our guests on the podcast about staying mentally prepared for the entertainment industry and how to do that when preparing yourself for life so this app self pause is definitely a way to keep your mental health on track absolutely and here's the really great thing about it it's available in the app store so you can get it no matter what you got what kind of phone you got or whatever and there's they offer two different tiers there's a free tier and a premium tier now if you're worried about the premium tier guess what you can try it out free for two weeks, 14 days, and then it's only $3.99 after that a month. I mean, to keep your mental stability and to keep positive and keep re- that's worth it. Exactly. Totally worth it. Exactly. You guys need to check this app out. Do it. We do it. We love it. I think you will too. I really think so as well. Selfpause.com and like he said, uh, Google Play and the App Store on iOS, iPhone systems. Yes. But now it is time to get this crazy show started. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Inside the Crazy Ant Farm. Holy moly, we're on episode 183 Woo! this week. Wild, man. Absolutely wild. You know what's right around the corner? 200. Whoa! Crazy. It's going to be a crazy I, year for that. It's going to be huge, and we're going to hit it this year. It's going to be amazing. I don't even know. I, know. I, I don't know how to feel about it. I know. It's, it's amazing and scary. At the same time. <laughs> at the same time. Life is full of those freaking Woo! events, man. But we got a great show for you guys this week. But before we get into that, you guys know your host with the most, myself, J-Lo Fantastic, and the one and only mouth. What? We're so super excited. We got a lot of good stuff because... Like he said, we love Yellowstone. Like we talked about last week, we are all in on Tyler's freaking universe that he is building over there at Paramount, and it's absolutely amazing, including Mayor of Kingstown with Jeremy Renner. That one is so badass as well. And we might have a guest from that show coming on later this month. Little tease, little tease. (laughs) But we're super excited about today's show because we have everything that's going down in Hollywood that will just help you further educate yourself about the entertainment industry. And man, oh man, before we get this thing started, be sure to head over to our website, www.crazyantmedia.com, where you can start rocking the latest and greatest 
crazy Ant Media gear. We have basically anything and everything underneath the sun when it comes to merchandise. Valentine's Day is coming up. Guess what? We have the little cute stuffed bears with our <laughs> Valentine's Day designs with the heart and all the good stuff. We have shirts. We have hats. We have little buttons. We just got buttons in ourselves right. with Girl Power Antoinette. We have that design as well. If you follow us on social media at Crazy Ant Media or at ItCap Podcast, you will see all of our designs. Aprons. If you're cooking up something good for your lover, yeah, <laughs> we got exactly. an you know? Uh, just like literally everything. And here's a little, little tease. Now, not right now, but really, really soon, because, and this guy's really it's good true. at doing what we do. We just said we're huge Yellowstone fans. Well, guess who else is? Bonk. Bonk is. Yeah, he's been running around the place dressed up as a cowboy. So, uh, That's you for know, sure. we're going to put that on a little shirt. Get that out there, that crazy mother. You know, he's like, you know, his lasso. Can't stop him. Can't exactly. stop him. You really can't, so man. So check that. That's coming. That's coming. Exactly, exactly. Well, I mean, let's get started, man. We're freaking yeah. excited. A lot of stuff is happening. Of course, we have to start with the juggernaut Disney. <laughs> And oh boy, oh boy, the L.A. Law sequel series yeah. that we've been talking about on the show, uh, pilot at ABC, has added John Harlan Kim to its cast. Uh, Kim joins previously announced returning original series cast members Blair Underwood and Corbin My Brinson. guys. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, Kim will star as Chad Park, an up-and-coming attorney at the firm described as Shark in Training. Ooh. Whose ambition sometimes gets ahead of his ethical standards. Nevertheless, he's a brilliant attorney who takes on every first murder trial and must uh, devise an inventive legal strategy when his client drops the bombshell in open court. We never want that. That's never good. Don't go off script, man. Uh, Kim (laughs) has most recently been seen in Fox's hit drama, 911, in the role of as uh, Albert Hahn, yeah. so a lot of people know him from oh, that yeah. one. Definitely, definitely. And uh, I mean, that's good. That's great casting. I'm really excited. I was a huge fan of the original. I'm glad it's coming back. I'm glad they got a couple of old school guys back. And uh, Jimmy Smith. There you go. Hoping you go. Jimmy Smith will come. <laughs> uh, but that's not it. ABC's also given a cast contingent pilot order. Thinking that means if they don't get the people they want, they're not giving this thing right. to go. But exactly. so let's hope they get the cast that they want because it sounds really interesting. It's a drama called Will Trent. Now this is actually based on Karen Slaughter's best-selling novel series. It focuses on Special Agent Will Trent of the Georgia Bureau of Investigations, otherwise known as the GBI. Uh, he was abandoned at birth and endured the harsh coming of age in Atlanta's overwhelmed foster care system. Scary enough, growing up in Atlanta right? in the wrong part. <laughs> you got to be in foster care. That's even worse. But now he's determined to use his unique point of view to make sure no one feels as abandoned as he was. By the way, Will Trent has the highest clearance rate in the GBI. Oh, This just sounds interesting. Anything where you kind of can show a guy coming up in a bad time and overcoming and being successful, any type of those stories I think work really well. And I'm fairly certain they're going to shoot it in Atlanta. Oh, shit. I mean, <laughs> what's not shooting in Atlanta? Let's be honest about it. Let's be honest about it. Well, Doogie Kamaloha, yeah. we love this one. It's oh, on yeah. Disney+. Plus. Well, it officially got the renewal uh, about the reboot adventures of the 16-year-old mixed-race girl juggling adolescence and the pres- prestigious medical career in Hawaii and like I said it got renewed for a second season the half hour family friendly medical dramedy starring Peyton Elizabeth Lee in the uh, title role as Lehela. this is an absolutely amazing show watch it with your family you're gonna like cry damn near every other episode it's 
definitely worth it. And it was originally released on the streamer back in uh, 2001, November 10th. So, but like we said, it's on there right now. So catch up with season one so you can be ready for season and two. And it's definitely one that you can watch with the family because your parents are your, you know, they're probably huge fans of the original. And like myself, I was a huge Doogie fan and jumped right in on this. And it it's just as endearing and just as awesome as the original. So yeah, you for guys sure. definitely need to check it out. Now, I can't ever say that I was a huge fan of this one. I just wasn't – a. am not not a fan, just never got into it. But a lot of people are, so this is pretty exciting for a lot of people. The new Goosebumps TV series has apparently been picked up by Disney+. Plus. The new series version of the beloved R.L. Stein books was first reported as being in the works back in last April. Disney+, Plus has apparently given the show a 10-episode order. The series follows a group of five high schoolers who unleash supernatural forces upon their town and must all work together thanks to and in spite of their friendships, rivalry, and pasts with each other. Now, that sounds all kind of cool right there, but they have to do that in order to save uh, the town and learning much about their own parents' teenage secrets in the process. In my so, opinion, the books were always better than the adaptations. Yeah, so, I mean, you, know, you know. But Disney Plus is funneling a lot of money into these shows, they and are. everything pretty pretty much on Disney Plus has been pretty cool. Agreed, so agreed. The good. only one that we haven't gotten into is that John Stamos basketball one, yeah. which I don't see a lot of people talking about, so I wouldn't be surprised if that yeah. one's not renewed. And I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, I was really bummed that, that Turner and Hooch did not. Yeah, that was I'm a good one. But I'm loving Josh Peck on How I Met Your Father, mm-hmm. so I'm okay. Exactly. <laughs> it's all good. At least we get to see him. At that's right. That's right. Him. And he might be the daddy. Exactly. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> uh, this next one we're very excited about because it was long rumored and then finally confirmed, and now we finally have a release date. And I'm talking about Hocus Pocus 2 just wrapped filming and will premiere on Disney Plus on Halloween. How perfect is that? Wow. And according to executive producer Adam Sankman, uh, while the film's release date has not been official or released, renounced, uh, Disney confirmed in a statement that Hocus Pocus 2 will debut at some point during the Halloween season this fall. Halloween. Halloween. <laughs> Come on now. Come on. But oh. we're super excited about that one. I rewatched it for this upcoming Halloween, so it was badass. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, I am really pumped about this one, too, because have you guys been watching Yellow Jackets? Oh, freaking my goodness. If you haven't been watching it, jump on that on Showtime. Melanie Linsky. Freaking maybe the best I've ever seen her, and she's phenomenal in everything. This show is creepy. Uh, like... The first five minutes in it, I was like, oh. Okay. So why am I excited? Because Sophie Thatcher, who you guys know is in that show, she's like the huge breakout star of that show. Well, her and Chris Messina are apparently set to star in the 20th Century Studios adaptation of Stephen King's short story, The Boogeyman. Mm. Now, guys, I've read that. The Boogeyman is scary as fuck. I'm just going to be able to tell you it's scary. But there's a little twist on this. The film will debut on Hulu with Rob Savage set to direct and production's expected to start next month. But here's the thing. The film originally was developed by 21 laps at laps as a Fox film, oh. but now has shifted to go to Hulu. So that's interesting. Casting is set to start early next year. Now here's where I say a little twist. The original story, the one I'm telling you is scary as fuck. <laughs> now that one was about a man who visits a psychiatrist where he recounts how his children were each killed by the title character of the book, the fuck. boogeyman. The film, however, is going to follow a teenage 
girl who's still reeling from the tragic death of her mother and finds herself and her brother plagued by a sadistic presence in their house and struggle to come up with their grieving uh, to get over it. So, little bit of a different twist, but the boogeyman is the boogeyman, and I'm guaranteeing still scary as shit. Yeah, that sounds dark <laughs> as shit, but I mean, a lot of people, we're kind of like in a new age of horror, so I think that's very exciting, and a lot of new stuff is coming to age, and I'm, I think a lot of people are excited about it. Yeah, yeah, and you know what? It's not, we're past, I think, the 80s, well, except for Scream. Scream did really yeah. well. I was going to say, the slasher, cut them up, horse. These are all like mental, Mentally. psychotic, crazy, scary shit. <laughs> like, that's the horror now, and that's exactly. like... Creepy, exactly. but you know. It's awesome, though. It's really it awesome. It is awesome. Um, speaking of Hulu, uh, they have delayed the Orville Season 3 premiere uh, from March until June, but the streamer released the first few minutes of footage uh, from the new season, and as a, consolidation, as a uh, consultation prize to fans for their long-awaited, um, they're waiting for the show to return. Everybody's super bummed about it. And new episodes, McFarland's Epic Space Adventure series, are a long it's a long time coming and as the show has not aired its new installment since the second season finale at fox back in april of 2019 yeah uh the show was shifted from fox to hulu because there was a lot of talk about this one being canceled um upon its third season renewal where it has been much delayed like we said but a lot of people are loving this one i mean it's kind of a comedic take kind of on Star Trek a little yep. bit. Not in the Star Trek universe, but it's a comedic take on that type of content. And, I mean, uh, Seth MacFarlane absolutely loves it. He loves working on this type of content, and it's really paying off for him. So, yeah. I'm excited. I'm excited to finally see it back, too. I know it's pushed a couple months, but, yeah. you know, if you watch the first few minutes of the footage, it's fantastic. Agreed. It's, it's going to be worth the wait. This is going to be awesome, too, because I'm a huge fan of Spike Lee, yeah. and I love his documentaries. I love his filmmaking style, so I'm super pumped about this one. Spike is set to direct a multi-part documentary on athlete and activist Colin Kaepernick. Now, as you guys know, Colin Kaepernick took the knee in in protest uh, for Black Lives Matter and everything. All kinds of heat, you know, and uh, just all kinds of stuff. But has gone on and, and, and has done a lot for messages and, and for, uh, you know, and has really become a spokesperson for the movement and has done a lot of great things. So I'm super excited that that Spike is going to be telling his stories for ESPN. Uh, production's already started on the documentary, which was first announced actually way back in July of 2020 as part of Kaepernick's first look deal with Disney. Um, so I'm pumped. I mean, can you get first Ava, right? And mm-hmm. now Spike. Dude knows how to pick them to work, for sure. work with people. I'm just saying, good for him, man. Good yeah, for him. exactly, exactly. And Colin, I drafted you on Madden, bro. It's cool. <laughs> I, I picked you up. You were in free agent. I picked you up. I mean, you know, the scheme didn't fit. I went with Marcus Mariota. It happens. It happens. But it's okay. It's okay. Um, going over to <laughs> Warner Media and the Bunny. This one's very interesting because it's kind of like New Age Jaws. But I mean, (laughs) I was actually surprised to see this one was getting a sequel. And I'm talking about The Meg. You know, the one with Jason Statham? Yeah, that one. And it's coming back, and it's a shark thriller. The Meg has begun. Uh, shooting production in the UK. The film about a murderous 80-foot uh, fucking crazy-ass shark is directed by Rebecca Helmer, uh, Ben uh, Wheatley, 
who takes the reins from John Turub. Yeah, Turtleob. Turtleob, who directed the first installment of the franchise, which took in about $530 million worldwide. So, I mean, it did pretty decent. Yeah, that's not bad. Statham and uh, Bing Bing Leak are expected (laughs) to reprise their roles in the sequel. Statham as a U.S. Navy uh, recruit diver. Uh, Jonas and Lee, the oceanographer, uh, Su Yin. So, I mean, you know, I guess a lot of people liked it. I personally never saw it, so it's hard for me to give my opinion on it. I can only give my opinion on the trailer, and like I said, it looked kind of like a New Age ripoff of Jaws. Yeah, I I watched it. It wasn't as bad as what you would think it would be. You know, it was was okay. Nothing over-the-top great, but nothing, you know, horribly bad. By the way, a couple things. It's going to be called The Meg in the trench. Mm, interesting. Okay, yeah, everybody's going in the trench. Aquaman's going in the trench. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, that apparently that's where you want to be. And did I did not know this. Little doing some research on that story. I did not know that before he became an actor, Statham was actually a world-class diver. Damn. Okay. No fucking clue. But okay. This one I know we're all excited about, man. Who isn't? Because everybody loves Zendaya. Sorry, Tom, but everybody loves Zendaya. That's true. Uh, HBO Max has announced that Euphoria, the Zendaya-led, of course, scandalous and visually sensational Sam Levison series, will in fact return for a third season. The Emmy-winning high school show was a shoe-in for a junior year renewal. Why? Because along with the intoxicating amount of social media traction and buzz it generates every week, the first three installments of season two have nearly doubled per viewer ship uh, compared to the same in the uh, first season. So that's huge. Season two finale is actually going to end on February 27th. So mm. um, I'm thrilled that it's coming back. Maybe Tom will get that cameo. Yeah. They are working hard to try to make that happen. They're trying to figure Come it out. Come on, Sam. Get that in there. He said he would be fine just being a guy in the background. Exactly. He just wants to be there. So, I mean, just make that happen. It's so fun. It's so fun. This Tom. show is absolutely crazy. But, yeah, let's put Tom in yeah. Tom Holland, background actor. Exactly. Atmospheric. <laughs> I mean, you know, come on. Exactly, exactly. Uh, HBO Max also announced that Joseph Morgan and Franca Ponente uh, have been cast in the series regulars in the season four of Titans. You guys know we love this show. Oh, God, so good. Uh, Lisa uh, Ambalavanara. There you uh, go, Ambalavanara. Hey, that was really close. (laughs) You were. (laughs) Um, Will play the recurring character role. Uh, Season four was first announced at DC Fandom on October 16th of of 2021. Like, yeah, of course. By Nightwing himself. Uh, Morgan will play Sebastian Blood slash uh, Brother Blood. Yes. An introverted man with a strong intelligence and hidden darker nature. Uh... Potini uh, will play Mae Bennett, um, a.k.a. Mother Mayhem, yes. a natural leader who be, uh, always carries the threat of violence with her. Mae is a predator in a human form and with unfettered belief in her mission in the world. Now, that other person who I got the name correctly the first time, and I'm not going to do it again because it was perfect the first time. That's Why right. would I say it again? Uh, will play Jinx, oh. a quick-witted uh, criminal loner and a master. Master of dark magic with the joy of manipulating others and creating chaos while doing it. They sound like badass characters. Oh, dude, look. uh, Brother Blood is one of my favorite all-time Titans characters. Those bad guys. He was was in um, Arrow for a little bit, but... I wasn't keen on the interpretation. I just think Titans is going to nail him. Yeah. They hinted at him this past season. So, uh, you know, you kind of knew he was coming. But he is a really 
badass bad guy, so I'm super excited. And Jinx is fun. Yeah. So that's going to be really good. For sure. Um, Hey, if you were looking forward to the Boondocks coming back, the reboot, you were really excited about that? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Apparently not happening. It's been scrapped at HBO Max. The 24 new The Boondocks episodes were set to launch uh, in the fall of 2020. That didn't happen, and apparently now it's never going to happen. But there is some good news. The original series is still currently available to watch on HBO Max, so... You know, that'll help yeah. you out a little bit, but you ain't getting any new ones. Exactly. Sorry. I'm kind of surprised, though, because it was one of those uh, flagship shows that HBO Max was, like, touting before yeah. the streamer actually premiered. So it's, it's one of those things that you're like, oh, interesting. I wonder what happened there. I'm betting a lot of creative differences. I bet so. Um, now, Rick Kunznit is set for a multi-episode arc in Season 8 of The Flash. Kunznit, uh, the original cast member who played uh, CCPD Detective Eddie Thawne mm-hmm. in Season 1 and was killed off in the freshman finale, hinted in October at a Flash return with an Instagram photo. <laughs> we can confirm that he will be appearing in at least three episodes episodes and his character is being uh, reintroduced in an unconventional way interesting <laughs> I, I don't know how they're gonna do it. as you guys know of course he's related to eobard thon yeah reverse flash and like uh so and by the way all the different versions of reverse flash have been showing up everywhere too yeah, on legends exactly. and like every i mean so uh they're having all kinds of fun this year so uh i don't know we'll find out what unconventional way means yeah right all right, now bear with me because this is a meaty story, but it's all kinds of good. So you're really going to be excited about this. The Supernatural prequel. You remember the one that caused that little argument between Jared and Jensen because Jensen didn't tell Jared and Jared was hurt and then they apologized and all that. That one. That's right. That's what I'm talking about. Damn, it, Superna- <laughs> Damn why am I not involved, Jensen? What the fuck? Like, the Supernatural prequel, the Winchesters, the Walker prequel. So he's okay. He's all right. Walker Independence and the DC series Gotham Knights. All have officially been greenlit and landed pilot orders at the CW. Now, the Winchesters, as you guys know, was first reported on being in development back in June of 2021, when that little argument happened. Um, Told from the perspective, of course, of narrator Dean Winchester, which is Jensen. Uh, The show is the untold love story of how John met Mary and how they put it all on the line to not only save their love, but the entire world. Now, Jensen and Daniil, his wife, uh, are going to executive produce via chaos machine which is their uh company with their overall deal with warner brothers television wbtv and cbs studios will co-produce ackles supernatural co-star now jared padalecki don't worry about him because he's gonna be executive producing walker independence uh now as you guys know padalecki's currently starring in Walker, which was the reboot of walker texas ranger on the cw uh the prequel is set in the late 1800s Trying to capitalize on that. Trying to capitalize on that. It follows Abby Walker, an affluent Bostonian whose husband is murdered before her eyes while on their journey out west. Hmm. 1880s journey out west. This sounds really familiar. Really. Just saying. I'm just saying. Yep. On her quest for revenge, Abby crosses paths with Hoyt Rollins, a lovable rogue in search of purpose. Abby and Hoyt's journey takes them to Independence, uh, Texas, where they encounter diverse, eclectic residents running from their own troubled pasts and chasing their dreams. Okay, we'll keep an eye on that yeah, one. Yeah, we'll know. see. We'll I, see. I think they kind of got that market cornered, but we'll see. People <laughs> love Padalecki, so I don't know. Yeah. 
This one I'm really excited about because this storyline in the comics, I keep going back. I'm a geek. You guys know I'm a geek, but this is a great story, and it's going to be really good. Gotham Knights, and it is going to follow the storyline in the comic books. It's going to pick up beginning in the wake of Bruce Wayne's murder. His rebellious adopted son forges an unlikely alliance with the children of Batman's enemies when they are all framed for killing Batman. Now, as the city's most wanted criminals, the renegade band of misfits must fight to clear their names. But in a Gotham with no Dark Knight to protect it, the city descends into the most dangerous it's ever been. But don't worry, because the Gotham Knights are going to be there. Here comes the most unexpected of all places, as this team of mismatched fugitives will become its next generation of saviors, known, of course, as the Gotham Knights. Now, in addition, the broadcasters also, we just want to throw this out there, we don't have any information on it, but we do want to tell you that apparently they've given six additional scripts for the Zorro Project. Oh, a lot. Of th- I think this is the female Zorro Project, yeah. right? So you, they must like what they're seeing because they ordered more scripts. We'll keep you updated on that one as we get it. A lot of good stuff happened at the CW, so I'm super excited for all of it, to be honest, man. Uh, I just don't fuck it up when it's sold. Don't do it. Don't do it. Um, but Viacom <laughs> CBS, I think, might be fucking it up, but maybe starting something <laughs> over. We'll see. We'll see. And I'm talking about another Scream sequel is in development mm. at Paramount Pictures and Spyglass Media. And like I said, it's in the works on the heels of the most recent box office success of the latest adaptation of Scream, bringing back some of the original characters. Principal Photography is slated to begin this summer in Here. keep uh, yeah in North Carolina. <laughs> in keeping with Scream tradition, plot details are being kept under wrap. No word on what the sixth Scream installment will be titled, and it's just so funny because if you went and saw the fifth one, they were making fun of the previous Screams and and not the first one, but the like the second through the fourth. They were making fun of all of those and how they shouldn't have done it and all these things. So it's just like. So you're making another one. Yeah, Holy fuck. Yeah. And I mean, from what I understand, you know, this one was kind of a tidy wrap-up. It was it nice. Was. It was a nice homage to it Wes Craven. Nice. It was a nice homage to the original film. And like, why? why? Because it made money. That's, That's what it was. why. That's why. It's sad. Yeah. This one sounds really interesting, too. The question is, is if it's successful, how long will it stay on CBS? Yeah. Because <laughs> it usually jumps to Paramount+. Plus. Who knows? All their other hit shows are. Uh, apparently, CBS has given out a pilot order to a drama about convicts that fight wildfires in California. Now, it's going to be titled Cal Fire. Wow, original. Uh, (laughs) The potential series focuses on a young convict, Bodie Donovan. Seeking redemption in a shortened sentence, he joins a firefighting program that returns him to his small Northern California hometown, where he and other inmates work alongside elite firefighters to extinguish massive blazes across the region. Now, SEAL Team star Max Terrio... Love him. Actually, he auditioned for us one time. It was fantastic. Uh, uh, co-wrote the story for the pilot and serves as an executive producer. So I'm super pumped about that. And guys, this actually is a real thing. Apparently, this is based on true people that do this. And so that's kind of interesting. It is very interesting. And I mean, it just shows the opportunity of second chances. So I think that's very important to see in a society where you don't want to give people second chances and you're very reserved and you don't want to let people in and all the good stuff. But, you know, I'm excited to see this. This sounds very interesting. <laughs> Uh, absolutely. You know, um, and also Paramount has greenlit a fifth season of the neo-western rating wrangling hit Yellowstone. The biggest no-shit story of the day. Yeah, like, you exactly. Know. The highly acclaimed SAG and PGA-nominated <laughs> series from MTV Entertainment and 101 Studios is set to begin production in May yes. of 2022 with the ensemble cast as well as Jen Landon, Catherine Kelly, and have been up to series regulars as well. 
we just love this show. I mean, like we said, in the off season, we freaking caught all the way up to this thing. We're in love. I really want a shirt. I'm going to get us both shirts that say, like, don't make me get a rip on you or oh some my shit God. like that. Like, yeah, yeah. So much good merch well, on I, Amazon. I want the one that says, uh, we're, we're going to the train station. Yes, the train you station. You don't want to go to the train station. If you've never watched the show, you do not want to go to the exactly, train station. Exactly. Stay away. And let's be honest. We all wish we had a Beth in our lives. Oh, my God. Don't we all want a <laughs> Beth? Beth is so funny phenomenal like everybody i want i want everybody from that show in my life me too that's all i'm saying me too and 1883 guys no no word yet but it's a given because it's the highest rated original program on paramount plus right now it's a shoe-in for a season two. so good watch that that's the prequel to yellowstone you want to know where john dutton became such a badass this is the show that shows you like you gotta watch it sam elliott and and la monica garrett and tim uh, McGraw, Faith Hill, so fucking good, y'all. So good. Okay, which only makes sense why this next story, because Taylor Sheridan is the guy behind all of them. He's the king at Paramount, so of course they're going to renew all of his stuff, including they just handed down Jeremy Renner fronted drama series Mayor of Kingstown, which, by the way, if you haven't watched that one, holy shit, no Western. It's all inside prison. For sure. Uh, but you remember the sheriff on Yellowstone? Uh, Hugh Dillon? He's actually the co-creator of the show with Taylor. So it's all in the family, man. Keeping it all in the family. Um, it's so freaking awesome. Now, Yellowstone's Taylor Sheridan and, as I said, Hugh Dillon are behind this. And it's been given a second season. The renewal is unsurprising, like we were talking about, given the fact that Mayor of Kingstown is the streamer's second most watched original program behind 1883. So let's see. The three biggest on pro- is uh, 1883. Mayor of Kingstown, and Yellowstone. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny, man. I wonder why they gave Taylor all the renewals. Um, so, uh, look, all kidding aside, this guy is a fan. He writes every fucking episode. Every episode. Three massive hit shows, he writes every episode. Yeah. And cameos in some of them. Yeah. Like, dude, what are you Very freaking it? talented. Fucking so phenomenal, talented. man. So, congratulations. That's awesome. Exactly. Something else that is very interesting, and a lot of people will think is awesome, is this hit show. Uh, Paramount Plus is still on track with its Criminal Minds reboot. Everybody knows this one. Everybody loves this one, but the reboot is going to be very interesting. <laughs> uh, this comes despite reports last summer, steering by comments by series star uh, Patrick Brewster, that the project still might be dead at the streamer. Now, Nicole Clemens, president of Paramount Plus, original scripted series, said, quote, We are still very much in development on Criminal Minds. Uh, we'll have more to share that uh, as soon as possible, but it's still alive and well, kicking, breathing. Uh, all the blood flowing. <laughs> and as we originally told you last February, the streamer revealed that it was bringing back to back the series, uh, which ran for 15 seasons yeah. at CBS, uh, with the team coming back together to investigate uh, a single case for over 10 episodes. Yeah, so... So, I mean, we'll see, man. We'll see. That's a lot of back and forth, so... Maybe Paget just wasn't going to be asked back. Exactly. Maybe that's the thing. Which, I mean, maybe that's why she thought it was dead in the water, which would be horrible because Paget is freaking phenomenal. I yeah. love her and watch her. Watch her on the Thrilling Adventure Hour. She's fucking crazy. Do She's it. like fantastic. Paramount Plus released the first trailer, and we've been talking about this one, seems like forever, guys, years. Oh, uh, the first trailer for the upcoming limited series, The Offer. Now, that, of course, is the 10 episode limited series that centers on the famous Hollywood producer, Albert S. Ruddy, and his attempts to get the adaptation of Mario Puzo's gangster classic off the ground at Paramount, aka The Godfather. Now, Miles Teller stars as Ruddy, who, of course, as we told you, was uh, replacing Army hammer who got 
booted at the roll, and we, we all know why. Makes sense. Uh, the offer set to make its world premiere. That's right. We have a, a date for you. World premiere uh, Thursday, April 28th on Paramount+. Plus. The series' first three episodes apparently are all going to launch on that day. And then following the premiere, the remaining seven episodes are going to be available to stream every Thursday. Mm. So I am so excited about this. Seeing, because it was turmoil trying to get The Godfather made, y'all. It was no joke. Paramount was not all in. And so this is going to be exciting. Agreed, man. Agreed. And I mean, the three episodes up front and then the rest on the back half, that seems to be the norm right now. If you're not dropping it all like now, Netflix does. You're doing the three up front and then the back half. So, which is very interesting. I mean, I feel like the streamers are trying different things. Yeah. Uh, now, a new Star Trek offshoot, Star Trek Starfleet Academy Ooh. is in development at CBS Studios. Sharing the name with the late 1980s video game, the series is set among the College of Cadets mentored for leadership roles in the United Federation of Planet Space Force. Now, within long development, Star Trek spinoff Section 31 starring Michelle Yeoh expected to get a pickup soon. Yes, finally. Hopefully, yeah. Uh, Starfleet Academy is believed to be next in the Star Trek development pipeline behind it and from what it seems like there's like a long freaking line of all these star wars or star trek projects that are gonna i know i was (laughs) i didn't finish it i didn't finish it don't come after me don't do it (laughs) oh boy hey i am super excited about this one because i'm a cowboys fan and i fucking love tony romo and guess what guys he's getting into our business now this is fantastic showtime is apparently developing a drama series set in the world of uh pro football the untitled series is executive produced by Tony Romo and Chase Crawford from The Boys. Check that shit out. The search for a writer is currently underway. The show would follow the fictitious first family of football and the is this going to be about Jerry Jones? Right. <laughs> Tony Romo, is this going to be about Jerry Jones? I see where you're going with this. Uh, and the players, coaches, and power brokers behind the high-stakes world of America's biggest professional sport. Uh, yeah, that's right. We said it because... America's pastime is no longer baseball. It's Nobody true. even watches that shit now. It's all fucking football. I mean, <laughs> let's be honest about it. Let's be honest about it. Well, jumping over to the Peacock NBC Universal, uh, Universal Pictures and Working Title Films have set Demi Moore and Margaret Qualley to star in The Substance uh, with uh, Corley uh, Forget. From Revenge, directing her script, uh, she is producing alongside working title okay. partners Eric Fellner and Tim Bevan. Uh, specifics of the substance are being kept under wraps, but sources say that Forget's explosive feminist take on body horror. Mm. Now, production begins in Paris this May. Very interesting. I love that because we need more female representation and we need it in every single genre. So let's see it in some horror. Very interesting. Body horror. Body horror. Look it up. Whatever that Look is. It, Google that shit. Exactly. That's all I'm saying. Different terms every single day. <laughs> Just jump back to Amanda way back then. Google that shit. Hey, were you a fan of Insecure? Well, Prentice Penny, who served as the showrunner on that show, is stepping behind the camera to direct a feature film for Universal. Penny apparently has been hired to adapt New Kid, which is a movie version of Jerry Craft's best-selling graphic novel. Now, the children's story follows a black preteen named Jordan Banks who experiences culture shock when his parents enroll him at an elite private school. Wait, 
Hmm. This sounds awful familiar too, Fresh Prince. Oh, right. no. Nah. <laughs> but get this, guys. It's got a big name behind it too. Tony Romo ain't the only one. LeBron James is going to produce New Kid through his production house, Spring Hill Company. So all these athletes getting in the entertainment and doing it right, man. It's so good, man. It's it so good. It really is. I'm excited for this one. I mean, he's doing putting out some good content, yeah. so I'm excited. Yeah. Uh, Jennifer Beals is set to uh, recur on NBC's Law & Order, Organized Crime. She will play the wife of the new antagonist that was introduced on NBC's series this season, Preston Webb, uh, a drug kingpin in mm, New York and the head of the Marcy uh, Corporation. This marks Beale's return to the Law & Order franchise. She did a guest a starring role uh, turning on the mothership in series uh, back in 2007. Yeah. So like almost 20, 15, 20 years ago. That's yeah. crazy. I love Jennifer Beale. She's fantastic. She's a maniac. She's a Look it up. That's the reference. Look it up. <laughs> <laughs> of course, now we're talking about Sony. The only time we ever talk about Sony is why? Spider-Man. Spider-Man. And of course, we are again. And you want to know how powerful. Pa- I just went Canadian. How powerful. Powerful. How powerful Marvel is, not just for Disney, but for anybody who does it, anybody that touches it, this is how powerful. With a major assist. From the phenomenal global box office performance of Spider-Man No Way Home, Sony Pictures Entertainment has recorded a third quarter profit of $1.314 billion. <laughs> now get this, guys. That is up a staggering, and you're hearing this number right, 570% over 2020. Now, as you guys know, going into this weekend through last Sunday, Spider-Man has grossed $1.74 billion globally, becoming only the 10th movie to ever exceed a billion dollars at the box office internationally. It's on its way to pass. It's going to, I think it's going to, Avengers Endgame, Avengers Infinity War, Spider-Man No Way Home. Spider-Man. Top three movies of all time. Fuck Avatar. Uh, I'm just telling you, it's coming. Um, But get that. That's not it, though. Revenues also saw, overall revenues also saw a 122% increase to $4.063 billion versus the same quarter. Why? Sony says, because of... Spider-Man. Venom, let there be carnage, which is, of course, a Spider-Man property, as well as higher sales uh, for uh, Seinfeld. They were getting a bit higher money for Seinfeld uh, distribution, so that's interesting. It's very interesting, man. So many Marvel-esque things happening at Sony. And speaking of, another one's happening. That's right. So with the success of this these Marvel movies, it only makes sense that Dakota Johnson has been cast as Madam Web yes. in Sony's next standalone superhero movie. It would mark Sony's first modern comic book adaptation to feature a female in the title role. Now, insiders close to the project stress that Johnson's deal is not closed yet, but confirm that she is talking in talks to secure the role of S.J. Clarkson, known for her work on the Netflix's dark Marvel series Jessica Jones. Yes. And the MCU set spinoff The Defenders uh, has been hired to direct the Madam Web film. In comics, in the comics, Madam Web is a key uh, interconnected into the multiverse. Oh, yeah. Uh, Web often appears as side as the of the Spider-Man character in his comic books uh, where she is depicted as a blind, paralyzed elderly woman who has uh, uh, grievances and a chronic autoimmune disorder uh, requiring her to connect to 
life support system the whole time as she's uh, reassembling a spider web. That, yeah. That's a lot happening. Yeah, no, she's a badass character and she's very interesting. Not only is she like pops up all the time in Spider-Man and like you said, connected to the multiverse, which yeah. obviously we are building, obviously we are doing. But there's another one that she's connected to in a highly big way and that is um Spider-Woman, which we all know has been rumored is coming. Yeah. Spider-Woman is coming. So exactly. clearly with this move, that is on the, on, on the, the move. On the move. Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck. Douche. Dumb fuck. Douche. Dumb fuck. Why would you ever uh, do anything to hurt this adorable, kind, genuine, most loving person ever woman, Jennifer Garner? She made homemade cookies uh, for first responders. She brought you to In-N-Out Burger, bitch! Why you what, were drunk? What the fuck? Uh, <laughs> Well, guess what, guys? Everybody beloved Jennifer Garner. She's coming back to TV. Not an alias. I know that was long a rumor. Come on, JJ. Get that shit going. Right. But she is coming back in the Party Down revival as stars is added her, Zoe Chow, and Tyrell Jackson Williams as series regulars. Now, of course, James Marsden will also appear in the series in a recurring guest starring role. The new cast members join the previously announced returning original series cast members. Adam Scott, Ken Marino, Jane Lynch, Martin Starr, Ryan Hansen, and Megan Mullally. Damn. Garner is going to play Evie. A successful producer of a studio franchise movies who, in the wake of a breakup, is reconsidering her life choices. Mm. A fledging relationship with Henry Pollard, played by Scott, of course, becomes a way for her to explore possible new directions. Party Down received six-episode order at Stars back in November, and well done, because anything that has Jennifer Garner is gonna do well exactly and this is the reason why we are keeping our star subscription yes i mean i'm just saying despise our despite the uh power universe and like heels, heels and them. freaking bmf sometimes they're just nothing to watch on stars but this is why they always put out good content right when you don't expect it. i said anything that has jennifer Garner will do well Facts. except ben affleck except oh, oh, oh. he had jennifer Garner. He didn't do well. He didn't do well. <laughs> Something else that just does not do well and that keeps moving forward. And that is Damn. the Walking Dead franchise and universe and all these different things. Just like end it. Just, just end it. Just stop it. Um, AMC, the Tales of the Walking Dead anthology series at AMC has been added. Or it has added its first five cast members. Terry Crews, which, I mean, we love Terry Yeah, Crews, we love so, Terry. So, I mean, that's exciting. Poppy Lou from Hacks. Uh, Parker Posey from Lost in Space, uh, and Anthony Edwards Goose! from Goose! <laughs> Inventing Anna, and Jillian Bell from Rough Night have all been uh, joined the episodic anthology, which will consist of six standalone stories uh, featuring both new and established characters from the Walking Dead universe. Details about the characters uh, the five will play are being kept under wraps at the moment, but I mean, with this cast, it makes me curious enough to tune in. But if the first one doesn't hook me, I don't know if I'm staying around. That's so, right. That's right. Now, and how are you going to use Inventing Anna for Anthony Edwards and right. not fucking Top Gun? And not Top that Gun. motherfucker is Goose. You never not call him good. What the fuck? It's because the 80s were 30 years ago, bro. <sighs> whatever. Whatever. There's a reason Maverick is coming back. Like, I'm just saying. Fair. Hey, and you know what else is coming back? That 70s show. 
But 20 years later, it's that 90s show yeah. on Netflix. Of course, we're talking about the new spinoff, and it's apparently set its cast of New Point Place teenagers. Callie Haverda, Ashley Offerhide, Mace Cornell, Maxwell A.C. Donovan, Ray and Doy, and Sam Morelos have all joined the show as series regulars. They will star alongside, of course, the previously announced cast members and returning original series stars Deborah Jo Rupp and Kurtwood Smith. As previously announced, the show centers on Leah's former and daughter of Eric and Donna. She is visiting her grandparents for the summer where bonds with a new generation of Point Place kids under the watchful eye of Kit and Red. Hmm. <laughs> we all know how Red is. Right. Netflix is giving that 90s show a 10-episode order. I think it's going to do well. you know. And I, I would not be surprised at all if we don't see more cameos from the originals like you know i agree it's going to be very interesting and yeah like you said i think it's going to do well uh this next one is very interesting because it's a huge documentary on netflix right now it keeps popping up into your possible like list uh which is kind of like okay maybe it's because i watch a lot of documentaries uh well it's not because you're on tinder it's not it's not uh the tinder (laughs) swindler an eye-opening documentary about a notorious con man who used the dating app to defraud multiple women could be getting a movie treatment. Uh, Netflix is in talks with producers about dramatizing the wild documentary that is likely to make any Tinder users uh, blood run cold. Mm. Sources indicate that the conversation is in early uh, stages and that the tone of the potential film is still being worked out. But I wouldn't be surprised if this happens because Netflix loves to make movies from the documentaries that they have. So it's happened with like Ted Bundy and multiple other things. So I wouldn't be surprised oh, if yeah. this one happens. Oh, yeah. Um, okay. If you're a fan of the boys, and you know you are because yeah, come who on isn't a fan of the boys right now, you're excited about this story. Apparently, they are definitely moving forward. Amazon, I'm talking about, with The Boys Presents Diabolical. It's, of course, the animated spinoff of the hit show The Boys, releasing a teaser for the anthology series. Now, get this. Along with a reveal of various characters animated in different styles, the teaser also caps with a list of the people that are going to be playing those characters. Mm. And holy shit, Aquafina. Michael Sarah, Don Sheedle, Chase Crawford, Kieran Culkin, Giacaro Esposito, Elliot Glazer, Jason Isaacs, Kumal Nanji, Justin Rowling, Seth Rogen, Andy Samberg, Ben Schwartz, Elizabeth Shue, Kevin Smith, Anthony Starr, Nason Pedro, Simon Pegg, Keenan Thompson, Aisha Tyler, Yu Young Jung, and, and, Christian Slater, who apparently (laughs) narrates the new teaser. Now, additional voice cast members will be revealed at a later date. The Boys Presents Diabolical is structured as an eight-part series uh, over the season, with each episode possessing its own unique animation style. And it's all going to take place, obviously, within the world of The Boys. That's going to be badass. That's super fucking exciting, man. I'm uh, so pumped about that. I I mean, mean, Seth Rogen and his team are doing some amazing things with this show, so I'm I'm super excited about that. That's a huge cast. Yeah, it really is. It really is. And we want to say we finally got a release date for Marvelous Miss Maisel. It's in mid-February. Yes. So be sure to check that out. I know a lot of people have been waiting on that one. And a lot of uh, New York people got cast in this one. We told you about this back in season four of Inside the Crazy Ant Farm. Will Lauren Graham show up? 
I know that's Milo's that's going too. Milo's yeah, going. Milo too. is so. So we'll see. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> uh, now jumping over to Apple, uh, they have given a series order to a the drama "Presumed Innocent" from yes. David E. Kelly, J.J. Abrams, and Dustin Thompson, uh, inspired by the uh, Scott Turo novel of the same name. The courtroom thriller series tells the story of a horrific murder that upends Chicago's prosecuting attorney's office. So when one of its own is suspected of the crime. Apple has given the limited series an eight-episode order. Kelly is adapting the novel for the screen and will serve as executive producer and showrunner via David E. Kelly Productions. J.J. Abrams and Ben Stevenson uh, will executive produce for Bad Robot. Now, that's freaking awesome because, I mean, you saw how well that Chris Evans once did. So I feel like this is a lot like that. David E. Kelly is just – his resurgence has been huge. I fucking love that he's making a huge comeback like that. Uh, Let's see. Apple's also given a series order to the drama series Dear Edward from that other huge TV guy. Jason Katniss, yes. Parenthood, Friday Night Lights, you know him, you love him. Uh, the series will star Connie Britton, uh, Taylor Schilling, and Colin O'Brien. This, of course, uh, would reunite Britton and Katniss, who previously worked on Friday Night Lights. Dear Edward tells the story of Edward Adler, a 12-year-old boy who survives a devastating commercial plane crash that kills every other passenger on the flight, including his family. Shit. As Edwards uh, tried, and a diverse ensemble of others affected by the tragedy try to make sense of it all, uh, unexpected friendships, romances, and communities are formed. Uh, of course, because you go through that trauma. I mean, all kinds of shit's going to happen when you bond. Yeah. Apple's apparently given this one a 10-episode order. So. Wow. Wow. They're so good with the drama. This is what we've been talking about. Apple is just in their own lane. They're not worried about anybody else. They're not worried about making money. They're worried about putting out good <laughs> They content. got money. They're fine. They're fine with money. Have you heard of the iPhone? Yeah, everybody has one. <laughs> um, but I'm super excited about it because both of these series sound super badass. Yeah, yeah. Um, something else that's kind of interesting with Apple is they don't really make shows for longevity. I mean, that Jason Momoa one and The Morning Show, but the rest of them, they're just trying to put out there as a limited series, which is yeah. a very interesting concept. Yeah, so. and will we see John Hamm? Yeah. Hire John Hamm. Just do it. Just come on. <laughs> just do it. Man, oh man, but now it is time for our guest segment, and we're yes. super excited because we have the one and only Kimberly Brooks coming on the show, and you know her from Voltron, the legendary Defender, Powerpuff Girls, Rugrats, Dector's Laboratory, I mean, all of the Batman, Arkham Asylum games, Arkham City, uh, so many things, Scooby-Doo. man. Scooby-Doo. She was a hex girl. girl. Like, I mean, just absolutely everything when it comes to animation, she's an absolute badass, so we are just more than thrilled to have her on the show and thank Uh, you again to Lana for this suggestion oh my gosh yeah this is a fantastic interview and like I teased all week you know you guys might not have seen her you have definitely heard her and now you get to see her and that bubbly personality behind all the voices and how amazing she really is in her path to where she got to it's freaking awesome it really is it really is well here she is Kimberly (laughs) Brooks welcome inside the crazy ant form how are you tonight I'm fantastic. Thanks for having me inside of the crazy ant farm. <laughs> oh my goodness. We are so <laughs> excited. Not only are we just excited to talk to you because of all the amazing stuff that you do, and we're just super pumped about that, and we know the listeners are, but you're also, I don't know if you're aware, but you are also the first guest of 2022 and oh, season wow. five of our show. We are kicking oh, off the fifth year. So. It all converges. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you're a first of all over the place for I'm, us. That makes me feel so good. I love it. Thanks for 
for having me and and letting me be a part of your fifth the beginning of your fifth uh, anniversary. Yeah, fifth of course, season. of course. <laughs> You're like a guest probably 150, 130, around that area. Yeah, so. yeah, I think it's, yeah, well, definitely 150 or so. So, yeah, but it's I amazing. But I feel like number one. You no, are, you are number you one. Are. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so what we like to do at the very beginning of mm-hmm. our interviews is have our guests introduce themselves to the audience a little bit. Let us know how you got started. Was this something you always wanted to do or just kind of follow into it doing our little research on you we saw that you got started at a very young age yeah i did um and i'm lucky because excuse me i have teenagers now and they're they don't no 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 way and they don't know what they want to do it's crazy (laughs) so it's like they're trying to you know different things they're in college and taking different classes and trying to figure it out and i was like I guess I just took for granted that I've always known. I have always just made voices. I've always talked to myself. I've played with my Barbie dolls. <laughs> right. Way too in-depth, you know, way too much, like, detail. My friends were like, oh, my God, she's weird. Like, you know, and I just, I loved expressing myself vocally that way. And and then, you know, and I've always done theater. You know, I basically grew up in here in L.A. Mm-hmm. And um, I... Went to a school that had a really great theater arts program. So I was in all the plays, musicals, but um, I always wanted to be an announcer. Which oh, is weird. okay. Yeah. Which is weird. Not animation, not like all that. I was like, I want to be like, tonight on ABC. You know, like, <laughs> I wanted to be that. I wanted to be Don LaFontaine, basically. There you go. All just, right. Yeah. It was really, really, um, really just something that I wanted and um and I didn't know why I didn't even know that it was called voiceover mm-hmm. right. I just was like those voices you know and I would just kind of pretend to do that a lot <laughs> <laughs> well a couple of things out of all that one I'm flabbergasted I'm like no way she's old enough to have teenage kids and then Aww. teenage kids in college I'm thinking oh yeah 13 okay sure whatever I still don't believe it but no <laughs> wow so wow um Thank <laughs> second you. of all right like when you grow up in LA is I feel like it's always kind of like one or two things right you know for sure that's what you want to do the entertainment industry or you run like hell to get out of there because yeah. it's yeah. not anything of what you want to do, do. Yeah, yeah exactly so, so yeah, th- my kids, they don't want anything to do with it. So, yeah. Um, there you go, right? But, yeah, I was, but I was kind of weirdly shy. So when I was a kid, like, I tried to get an agent and stuff because my dad was a principal at a school with, like, a lot of kid actors and mm. and agents, and it was weird. So, like, he kind of, like, got me an interview, and I didn't do well because I was, like, I was an, I didn't interview well because I was kind of yeah. nervous and shy. Right. And, but when I'm on stage doing my thing, I wasn't. But right. I didn't really know that yet, you know. Just, just I didn't really um, hone in on that. But um, so yeah, I growing up in LA, you do have an advantage. You definitely oh, yeah. have an oh, advantage yeah. because you know everything's right here. That's and, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And because I talk to a lot of people that want to get into voiceover, mm-hmm. and they live, you know, all over the country. Because mm-hmm. I've been to a lot of conventions and. Um, but now you've got the internet, so that's right. Yeah, yeah. You know, that at least is something that can you know bridge that gap that otherwise would not have been you know, right. the case. You had had to be here. So, um, and and the business has changed a lot. I've been doing this for like more than twenty five years, mm-hmm. probably. So, um, 
it's changed a lot. It's very digital now. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. You can you can literally, like you said, be anywhere, record your audio file and send it to whoever needs yeah. it. And like, yeah, yeah, just crazy. And now the phones are so great. You can even like do your audition on a phone. It's like right. if you're in a pinch, you know, so it's really interesting. <laughs> That's but, um, really yeah. cool. I love that, though. I love that. I mean, just to have all of this knowledge about the entertainment industry. And when you started doing your vo- voiceover work, did you have to like go into a studio and do it? Opposed to Definitely. now, like doing it at home, you did everything. You did nothing at home, yeah. Like, unless you were Don LaFontaine, yeah. <laughs> who had a studio at his house. That's right. And, but before he had that studio, he was like chauffeured in a limousine, yeah, to all of the different studios. Like that's that's like that was my vision for myself. Like, <laughs> Love it. I don't I don't have a chauffeur, but I do get to go to a lot of different studios. <laughs> was the transition from like theater to voice acting? difficult for you no because um, I, I, I guess when you're perfect. not on camera you can still act big right like right <laughs> and you can act big in the booth i'm very That's expressive right. in the booth i'm like yeah i'm all over the place i'm like knocking stuff off my stands all the time but um yeah no you can um it was a really great easy transition i think i think i encourage theater people to try voiceover because mm-hmm. Um, you have to come up with characters and sometimes people think voiceover is just about the voice, mm-hmm. but it's really about the acting for right. animation. Yeah. And, um, for me, and then it, you, it comes, the character comes from like having done so much, you know, acting mm-hmm. in theater and, you know, scenes and all that kind of stuff. So I definitely start there if, if people want to do animations, not just about the voice, obviously the voice, you got to be able to, you know, right. do different characters and whatnot, but start with the acting so um that theater background definitely helps for sure oh yeah animation and video games and all that stuff exactly definitely i also have a little bit of a theater background i performed when i was in high school and i will say that it just got me out of my comfort zone it made me more confident Mm -hmm. to be able to talk in front of people even when going into audition we went Mm -hmm. in on a stage and the um the directors, the musical and acting director were in the audience, so you couldn't see them. All you saw was the bright lights, but you had to be prepared to (laughs) do your monologue. And, I mean, something about that just elevated my confidence like crazy. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like theater is a great way for everyone to break into acting because if someone wants to be an actor and then they attempt to go out to Los Angeles and they just jump straight into the room, I feel like, if they don't already have that natural born confidence, yeah. then it confidence might, is yeah, oh, yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. It yeah. might like derail them a little bit because you wouldn't, yeah, you could get discouraged. Exactly. You know? Because we talk about it all the time. It's about 90% auditioning and 10% actually working. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, it's all about that. It's a numbers game. Exactly. Literally an industry built on rejection. So if you're <laughs> yeah, not exactly. confident, you're in trouble. <laughs> you I'm know. rejected every day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you know, another thing I really like, like that you brought up though you because you said you know uh the voiceover and how important the acting is right i yes. i think a lot of people tend to forget especially the millennials and anybody beyond new right back in the day it was all voiceover radio serials were where the acting was yes. they every week there was a show too. or a movie on the radio yeah. and you couldn't see you could only hear and it was it's so true. crucial for the acting to come through back in the day with the fireside chats and the, around the you know the family getting around that's how it was so that's i'm so exactly glad that it. you brought it up because i don't think people really realize how much acting actually is involved in voiceover work oh yeah i mean i'm <clears throat> like it, 
you know, when you get a number of auditions mm-hmm. and you have to switch gears and mm-hmm. you got to have those acting chops to like, just to be able to put yourself in the scene. Right. And yeah, so I, I, for, for sure you need to, t- I think everyone should take an acting class, but if you want to be an animation voiceover actor, you got to take an acting class. <laughs> you have to do that. You just have to, it's just a part of it. And then the voices, that's just something that, you know. It comes. You know, when I was in high school, we had career day, mm-hmm. and there was um, a psychic in one of the rooms, and every, it was like a really popular room, and I yeah. went in that room, and I got picked to go up, and she did like a reading on me, and she was like, you are going to be very successful, and you are going to make, she told me, and this was when I was in high school, you're going to make a living with your voice, mm. but I didn't know what voiceover was, and right, I was right. in musical theater, so I was like, oh my God, I'm going to be in a band. <laughs> Maybe you're a rock star or something. And so I don't know what I thought because I love, I do love singing. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, so I, we're ta- speaking of confidence, mm-hmm. I feel like I kind of, like I took all that acting stuff, but I had this kind of confidence when I went into voiceover and it's all about confidence. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, because there's so much competition mm-hmm. and confidence is like you just you you selling yourself like if you believe yourself to mm-hmm. be the thing then other people will believe whatever it That's is that right. you are trying to um to be or what you are what you really are right so um yeah having that confidence and the background in theater it was just a really natural evolution yeah for me. sure and it's kind of interesting too because before there was social media before everyone was a brand before they were selling everything actors yeah. were a brand before mm-hmm. any of that was put out publicly like they had to present themselves mm-hmm. basically present paperwork about themselves like right. a headshot resume yeah. all that here's, good stuff <laughs> exactly yeah. on a piece yeah, of paper totally. so i mean it's totally. very interesting to see like the transition and how like the world and the entertainment industry have navigated through this electronic time and digital age, like you said, to keep well, moving forward. Definitely. And think about voice actors back in the day before people really could connect with voice right. actors. Because this like this kind of thing, like an interest in what I do, yeah, right, yeah. wasn't wasn't really the thing like when I started because yeah. it's so be it's considered like behind the scenes. It's not right. like on camera uh, yeah. acting. Yeah. Where you and now it's like everyone wants to do voiceover and it's so much fun and, and it is acting, even though I had one person, this one guy once <laughs> say, oh what do you do for a living? And I said, I go, I'm a voiceover actor. And he goes, what's that? And I go, well, you know, you mostly, you just hear me right. and you don't see me. And he's like, Oh, so you're like, you're like a half an actor. You're like, oh, half oh, acting. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought that was so funny. Cause right. I was like, oh, and you have half a brain, right? You're like, sir? Half, like oh. yeah, exactly. <laughs> Like half witted, right? No. <laughs> so that's interesting, though, because you know Logan brings up headshots, and back in the day, it was actual photographs and all this. Oh yeah. So talk about that process, like voice actors, like you said, you're not on camera. Nobody could care less what you look like. So yeah. what is a resume or demo reel or headshot for a voice actor? Do you have to like even back in the day? Did you have to submit voice work or like how did that work? What's the audition yeah, process you just, like? You just always it was the demo reel and. Mm-hmm. When I started, it was on these little tapes, yeah, dat dat tapes. Yeah, and you would go, and they would like you'd hire someone to mix your to to you know to make yourself a reel, 
And when you first start out, you kind of have to, like, make stuff up. Mm, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You have to just, it's more like showing what you can do. Right. And then you get to a point where you actually have work and things that you can put on your reel. And then then you get to a point like me where you don't haven't redone your reel in, like, I don't know, eight or nine years. Because <laughs> they call you now. You don't yeah, have to be like, yeah. <laughs> kind of. And also you're busy, but you're also kind of lazy. Right. So it's, <laughs> it's all of those things. So, yeah. In fact, I was just talking to my son about um, go. I'm like, you know, they have this thing called the internet <laughs> and you can go and you can find like some of my performances mm. and I'm ready to put together a new reel. Mm -hmm. I really need help with it. And cause I'm just, I'm really busy. Right. Right. And, um, and there's so much good stuff out there that, I, that I haven't like gathered up and put, and I'd like to see it myself. So I'm in the process of trying to do that because I think people still, when they want to hire you, they still go to your, they would go to my agent's website mm -hmm, and my right. agent has all of the actors' demo reels and oh, people, that's cool. I haven't been in there. Yeah. I think that's, because sometimes I'll get a job and I don't know how I'll get it and my agent says, oh, they went on, they listened to, you know, I'll book something and they'll be like, oh, they went and listened to your, you know, promo reel. Right. Right. Which is like, oh, so old. <laughs> um, I have so much cool stuff I could be putting on there. Yeah. Um. And I mean, so, speaking of the cool stuff that you've done in the past, we just have to name a few. I mean, I have a long list oh, uh, that's mean, just huge. like crazy. But <laughs> I mean, at the top of the list, of course, uh, Voltron, Legendary Defenders, Scooby-Doo, you were a hex girl. That's so badass in itself. Oh right my there. God, that's why my daughter, I, I have to tell you, obsessed with the hex girls and that Scooby-Doo and just wore me down with the song over <laughs> and over and over. So I want to thank you for that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh God, I love being a hex girl with Jane and um, oh, with Jennifer. Yeah. It's so much fun. <laughs> yeah, we've we've done some stuff kind of recently, so they're, we're still around. We're uh, still oh, around. don't oh wait, yes, don't don't. Do, okay, still, we can't let Emily hear this. Right. <laughs> yeah, so. She's she's running out right now. The hex girls are still around. What? <laughs> <laughs> right, that is just yeah. So we're still funny. around. We're still around. I love still it thinking. though. I love yeah, it. Yeah, that's yeah. So those are some really those are some fun memories because one of the first times I got to work on Scooby Doo was with all the, like all the original cast yeah you know, frank frank welker still does it mm -hmm. you know but this was when all of mary Kay bergman and good um, last name by the way no. yeah that's his last name <laughs> yeah good one. and um you know casey Kasem. And, oh yeah um yeah and uh frank welker and just it was so much fun to get to work on that project to work on that and you know continue to work in Scooby-Doo. Warner Brothers is awesome because I, I get to work on a lot of different shows. Like a bunch um, of DC stuff, which yeah. I just <laughs> fandom yeah. out of. I mean, Batman Arkham Asylum, Batman Arkham City, like just, yeah. I mean, your Bumblebee, like, like I mean, just so many different things, you know, Bumblebee. I was huge because Titans, like that was my first thing, you know, that's where yeah. I first was introduced to her um, mm -hmm. in comic books. And then I was like, right. oh, wait a minute, they're actually going to do this? And I was yeah. like, so and Oracle, I mean, just so many cool things so yeah warner brothers Thanks. like kicking yeah thank you warner brothers <laughs> yes yeah. right that was like some of my my first jobs were at warner brothers i worked at um i worked on deck well dexter's lab it was mm -hmm. um and uh what was some of the other shows static shock oh yeah. yes powerpuff really, girls yeah. like that's where i was really you know starting out young and i had you know 
that was like some of my first jobs and it was how just, so cool. wild it. thornberries like just so many different things rugrats yeah. so yeah yeah nickelodeon jump like yeah nickelodeon I just... <laughs> yeah <laughs> nickelodeon has also been very very good to me oh like, yeah you know, like there's they're like I'm working on several Nickelodeon shows right now. Baby Shark. Have you guys seen Baby oh, Shark? Oh, my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who hasn't at this point, right? <laughs> it's so, so cute. It's so cute. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I have a uh, fun little role and we get to sing. See? See? Sing. Yeah. There we'll you go. Full circle. Singing. It's so yeah. great, though. It's so great. We actually, um, because like we told you before we started recording that we are a film and television production company. And so we put on multiple different hats and juggle different things. So we have awesome. different people that come on board and help us out. And our social media manager is the one who actually suggested us to reach out to you and try to get you on the show, Delana. Uh-huh. So we wanted to uh, ask her to ask you a question or write up something. So I'm going to read okay. uh, what her question is. And she said, I'd like to know how your experience was like working on BioWare as a voice actress in a Mass Effect franchise. Mm. Uh, she loved Mass Effect and had ton- it had tons of female representation oh, in the yeah. kind of game that usually lets men take the lead as the strong ones and and portray yeah. women as just people to come home to and uh she just absolutely loved it and she said you're an inspiration so because oh, well. she's trying to be a, a voice actor she's breaking into it as well oh nice well thank you so much for that good luck with your pursuit because it is it's awesome what we get to do um and as far as bioware as far as mass effect i mean it's just an amazing game right. to be a part of. I mean, the technology around that game was developing as that game was happening. Mm-hmm. So we started out like kind of like basically how all video games were made mm-hmm. where you just it's like not in order and you just right. have all these different endings and you don't and you're totally by yourself in the booth and you don't have any reference other than what the director is saying like as far as like proximity to the other person you're talking to mm-hmm. or those sorts of things. So, like, you know, you might have a scene where one person's shouting and then the other person's, like, talking like this so it makes no sense, you know? I mean, because, because if you didn't record it together and it was recorded, you know, eight months before this part. and right. You know, it's just, like, that's how games were. Mm. But Bioware, they were, um, like, cutting edge with their technology because yeah. they came up with the software and the way of recording mm-hmm. and everything was um, done at... Uh, why am I going to space on... Um. For, oh God, no, it's not Formosa. I'll, I'll think of it. I'll think of it. I'll think go. of it in this Technicolor. There you Everybody's go. done it Technicolor, and um, and so it was like the same engineers and everything. So they really like honed in on how to do it. And mm. so by the second game, the game, the acting, I think, really improved because technically, I would see like with Jennifer Hale, mm-hmm. who is Femme Shep, the lead, which. Which is the point? Is like yeah. yeah, you could have the lead of this whole game be a female, right? And right. It was just like cutting edge, and you could switch, and their love interest could be you know same sex or whatever. It was just amazing. That's awesome. You know, and it wasn't being done before. And right. It just gave people the freedom to be who they are and and express themselves they want, and people you know they express themselves through these characters, you know? And so it's it was just it gave people that freedom, and I think people fell in just mm-hmm. in love with this game. And so the experience was amazing. And I still get to do, you know, N7 Day, November mm-hmm. 7th. Yeah. There's always a panel or something like that. <laughs> right. I still so much love all these years later. And I'm hopefully, and then they, you know, remastered it and released it back in 20. 20- 
Yeah, in 2021. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so um, it's just the love continues, and I love love. So. For sure. That's right. <laughs> well, I, hope that there's, I hope there's more games, and they can call me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's just got to be an amazing feeling to know that you're a part of something that is, like, ingrained into society now, right? Because, yeah. I mean, Mass Effect and Bioware, that they are ingrained into society now. Totally. Even if you're not a gamer, you have heard of them. You know what they are. Um, that's got to be an amazing feeling. Um, it is. It really so is. I want to get a little deep for a minute um, just because, you know, as of late, the last couple of years or so, right, we've seen a lot of recasting, if, uh, if you will, um, to have a, a a black woman voice a black woman as opposed mm-hmm. to a white woman and different things like yeah. that. Talk about that a little bit. Coming from that standpoint, what has that been like for you in your career? Have you had those things when you first started out to be like you you didn't get a role or you did get a role and nobody cares? And how much has that switched now for you in the industry? I don't feel like I lost out any roles that were specifically for black women to mm-hmm. women that weren't black. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like I have that uh, had that experience. But I, what I have noticed is um, there's way more work roles for me mm. to audition for. Mm-hmm. There's way more representation. There you go. And it's awesome. And not just for people of color, but just, you know, gender identity and um, just whatever. You know what I mean? Like, the, just whatever, yeah. people, whatever people want to... Um, to, to talk about and what, what people are going through. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like that part has been amazing because, you know, I'm just like working on, especially in animation. It's just like, for sure. It's just, it's just really cool. In fact, I now am a, a cast member of the Simpsons because there something you go. like this. Yeah. There's a character named Lewis. Yeah. If you guys look up Lewis, he's a friend. He's only been on a, like, He's like in the background. He's one of those um, friends that's always with Bart and his right, you know. right, yeah. And um, he was voiced by another actor who works in the show. Um, her name actually it's Tress McNeil. She works. She's like mm-hmm. she she does every character female <laughs> basically, character. yeah. Freaking amazing. Um, so, but she, I guess you know, in an effort to just not having people um, appropriating right, <laughs> yeah. right cultures and you know and all of that stuff, um, which is amazing. Uh, and I think it's important that that was something that happened for me. So now I get to, to voice that character. Well, there you go. Um, on The Simpsons. Um, but also because, you know, I I work for Fox, too, and I do a lot of stuff. So I, it's, I feel like I earned it. Like I got right. to oh, it. Oh, without doubt. Without, without doubt. doubt. But, but it was a cool it was just like a gift, a beautiful gift. And, yeah. and the reason I bring it up is because it tried to bring it full circle to what you were talking about earlier. I think so many people just, they don't understand that the, it's not just in front of the camera. Everything mm-hmm. that you see happening or all of the discussions or all the topics of, of the way that industry is shifting isn't just in front but also behind. So yes. all of the actors and the hard workers and the performers such as yourself are going through all of that the same way the people that you see every day totally. are going through that. So I'm glad yeah. to hear you say that and that it is – that transition and that you have seen success and those major changes in voice work as well. Cause yeah. good. That should be it's that like way. opportunities. Yeah. We just, it's, it's, it's wonderful. Absolutely. It's, just, yeah. it's so good. It's so good. And that. Something that new that I've been wanting to 
because we took a little a little off season, obviously with the holidays, and uh, yes. like both of us are recovering from COVID and just a whole oh, bunch wow. of things. Oh yeah, yeah, we feel much okay? better now. Oh yeah, yeah much we, better now. We feel so <laughs> great. We literally felt like we were dying there. For I a mean, while. yeah. <laughs> we How feel... scary! Did you guys have it at the same time? We did. The yeah. whole the whole household had it. Yeah. So oh. like it was just crazy. And here, double vaxxed, boosted, everything. Wear the mask everywhere we're supposed to wear. It. Didn't it matter. just happened. It just Everyone's happened. Exactly. So, oh man, I'm so glad you guys are feeling better. <laughs> Thank what? you. Scary. We appreciate it. We appreciate so it. Scary. But something that I've been reflecting on and trying to think more about to get to know our guests a little bit more is to ask, what is your main goal for your career? Like, what do you want the ending outcome to be? What do you want your legacy to be? Basically. Wow. Mm. Yeah. That's a deep, yeah. That is very deep. I, I try. <laughs> I try. Um. Mm-hmm. Right? I'm sorry to put you on the spot. <laughs> no, it's not. It's just a great question. And I think what I want is at the end of the day is mm-hmm. to just have enjoyed my experiences mm-hmm. and my and the journey of mm-hmm. it. And that's what it is because it's a, it's a fun journey and it's also... I don't know. It's magical. And I feel like it keeps me young. And I feel like, um, I'm like, I just get to play like, I don't know, maybe someone who gets to play baseball for a living. Right. It's kind of like, it's like you did that as a kid and it was fun. Like I feel like I did this as a kid and it was fun. And now I just get to do it all the time. time. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I was talking to my son about and other young people is like, don't worry about what people are saying or that it's difficult or you can't do this or everyone has that thing inside of them. That's that it's like a dream or mm-hmm. something that you want. You have to listen to that and mm-hmm. you have to follow it because everyone's is unique and it's there for a reason. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I was lucky cause I was able to hear that voice inside of myself. And so I think at the end of the day, I just wanted to have followed, listen to what I wanted to do, trust it go with it and enjoy what I do. And then also making people happy. You know, I I meet so many people that just whatever, like I work on this show called, um, Steven universe, Mm -hmm. which is just um, like one, it's so close to my heart. Mm -hmm. It's such a beloved show and and the fandom's incredible. And I've met so many people like cosplayers and just people that really identify with the characters and what the, and what Rebecca Sugar was trying to say with the show. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, I've had so many stories that like bring tears to my eyes or that just melt my heart. And I just want more of that because that's what life's that's the good stuff in life. You know, right, there's right. too much there's too much hard stuff. That's right. So being a part of like the good stuff that people love, like you saying, me being a part of your childhood and yeah, I just want, I just want to do more of that. If so. something that's just a simple thing that you do can yeah. change somebody's life, what a feeling that is, right? Yeah. What a feeling that is. They can and be having it, the yeah. worst day of their life and they see you or they hear you and then everything is okay. And that's an amazing thing to be able to do for people without doubt, yeah. without doubt. And I'm the same way. I mean, how many I – I have to turn on like something – if I'm not doing, you know, feeling great or if I'm kind of down or something, right. like I need something or some 
one lots of times to help me like mm-hmm. get out of that place and it's usually in the form of entertainment right. whether it's because that's the escape that's what entertainment is supposed to be right exactly. we like you said there's so much hard stuff in reality already we don't need that we need the good right. stuff and so let's right. escape to some good let's stuff get the good and so, stuff exactly and, and I'm so grateful, like I said, like for like podcasts like this mm-hmm. and for just the internet in general, that I now know that what I do af- like affects people. Yeah. Yes. And before I didn't know that, you know, it was like more of like as like kind of a selfish thing. It's like, I just want to be an actor and I want to do my right, thing. But now right. when you're realizing like, you know, you can communicate with people. That's and right. Move people or it's just wonderful. It, so it really is. It's a special yeah. thing. It, it really is. is. It's awesome. It it's definitely. Awesome. And something else that we've been focusing a lot on with, like we were talking about earlier on the show at the beginning, um, with the industry being full of rejection and you say you get rejected every single day, how do you keep your mental health sane? Because you seem like a very happy, bubbly person. You have the key to the happiness. So I just want to uh, know how you keep your mental health good. I feel really blessed that I get to do because I, I just – just I'm happy because I'm doing what I love doing. I just right. I just found out that I'm doing um I'm actually having my first session tomorrow that I'm gonna be one of the announcers for the Beijing Olympics for yeah. Yeah. Oh, yes, like, yes. Badass. I'm Super so cool. excited. I'm so excited. Yeah, so tomorrow's my first session. Even though it's at seven thirty in the morning. That's okay. Oof. I'm fine with that. <laughs> I'm fine. I'm fine. Um but uh yeah, I would say wait, part of your question was what was just keeping your mental health sane. Keeping the mental health. That was it. Thank yeah. you. Mental health. Yeah. Um, <laughs> forgetfulness is great because <laughs> exactly. You know, just forget about all the rejection. Yeah, that's like I, yeah. Live in the moment. Um, for sure, let it go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when you audition, I do this all the time because I today I had like seven auditions. Seven auditions. Mm-hmm. Meaning, meaning, and since COVID. I do everything from here. Right. I record myself. I have I'm my own engineer, my own director, my own everything, and I get on my own nerves. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, uh, so my auditions are just like so hard for me. I can and imagine. So, yeah. Just, I need another ear. Like, I need someone going, yeah, oh, that's funny. Or like, you know, or that's not. Or this character, no. Right. Like, today, one of my auditions was to be a utility player on a popular show. Mm. So a female utility player is someone who would come in and do like three or four characters. Right. On that episode. And they have to be distinct and different and stuff like that. So right. You, and when it's an audition, you want to show that, oh, wow, I can, I'm going to do this character and that. And char- so, but it's like draining and exhausting. I can imagine, yeah. Yeah, just not not having that. But um sorry, mental health. We're getting back to that. You're good. So, <laughs> you're good. I love it. <laughs> I um do my work. Mm-hmm. I work, I make my choices and then I just let it go. Mm, yeah. Because you don't like every once in a while there'll be something like, "Oh, I really want this. I really want this." Right. And I'll be thinking about it, but 99% of the things I do it, I do my best. I imagine myself already, like, I'm in the session. It's mm-hmm. not an audition. It's like, this is how I would do it if I had the session. Right. Like, if I'm, if I'm, and I just kind of do it like that with confidence, mm-hmm. and then I let it go. So lots of times when my agent calls me to tell me that I have a booking, I don't remember it. I don't, I have to go back and listen to the audition or, you know, it'll be like, oh, that sounds vaguely familiar. Right. Okay. Right. You know, it's kind of <laughs> like that. So, but that helps me. Yeah. Because 
like I said, dealing with the rejection. And it's not really rejection. That's not the right word. It's yeah. just, it's just not yours. Yeah, you know what right. I mean? It's okay. Like, and when you get a job, because when you get a job, you're not going, you're not questioning it and asking, right, all the, like, right. why not? Why didn't I? You're just like, it's, you just do, it's just, you have to have the same attitude when you don't that as you do when you get the job. That's it's right. Just like, it's just not mine, but this one, this one is. And this, you know what I mean? So that's, that's great. That's, kind yeah. of, that's mean, my mental health for a shortcut to <laughs> actors to not take it personally and to just persevere. Oh, sure, and keep sure. Going. Well, and it's yeah. great advice too, because, you know, like you said, rejection is not the, it's the word you always hear, but it isn't the right word because yeah, it's not right you word. probably knocked it out of the park and nailed it. It just wasn't what they were looking yeah. for that yeah. day. We had a previous guest, Tony Winters, who compared it to like luxury cars. He's like, I'm still a luxury car, but I'm a BMW and they were looking for a Porsche that day. Yeah, they wanted like, the Porsche. Yeah, it, it doesn't mean you didn't do a fantastic job. Right. And half the time when you don't hear back too, we've had guests tell us, they nailed it, and the casting director would tell them months later they would hire them for something else. And it's like because yeah. of that audition you did six months ago, we knew yeah. right away just wasn't that role. But we were right. waiting for you. So, you know, you got to look I've, at it that way. I have been lucky enough to have people tell me that because sometimes they don't, you don't know. It, it did happen, but you don't necessarily right. know. <laughs> right. And I've had people go, oh, I'm so, I'm so excited to finally get to work with you, I, you know, this, that, or the other. And, right. You know, there's a lot of cooks in the kitchen making That's decisions. That's absolutely and, right. You know, and so it, it happens. And it's even happened where I've re- been replaced on something. And, you know, it's hard not to take it personally, but it's like it just it just didn't fit for them or it just right. didn't, you know, whatever. So and it's fine. Exactly. And, and you just go on. And you exactly. Just go on. The show must go on. The show, the show must, must go, go on. on. I love it. Yes, I love it. I love it. <laughs> Listen, you, this has been absolutely amazing. Oh, we, absolutely. like, can't thank you enough for this. Like, thank I you. feel like the up-and-comers – trying to break into it are really going to enjoy this and like i mean they could really just take down some notes i mean mean, you have so much and it's always a blast to have people like yourself on because you know we pride ourselves on having like literally everything in the entertainment industry right writers producers directors voice actors actors like different things because we have somebody that works with us that wants to be a voice actor, right? There's always somebody out there that wants to be something that somebody yes. is. And so we feel yeah. like the more opportunity we get to put guests on that are those people, that are the people doing that. I mean, it's just wonderful for us. It's wonderful for them. It's wonderful for you. And it's just – It's wonderful for yeah, me. We, yeah. <laughs> we because I, rem- I mean I remember when I wanted to be right. you know, yeah. this and it's like, of course. And then here I am. So, ah, and, awesome. and the next person, you're, you know what, they're, they're coming up and it's wonderful. And there's room for everybody's dreams. There's room for everyone exactly. to do I love what that. they love to do. That's, that's a, right. a t shirt. Yeah. There's that's room right. for everybody's <laughs> dreams. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. There really is. There I really is. I it's love like, it. Well, listen, thank you so much. Like I said, we really appreciate it. And where can everybody follow you? Cause you know, it's all about social media now. <laughs> oh God. And I'm so bad about that. I actually have my friend's daughter helping me post things. Oh, there, there you go. Go. <laughs> <laughs> um, I am on. I'm. Oh gosh, I should look. Let look. <laughs> Let's just double you. check real so quick. On on. Oh yes. So Kimberly Brooks eleven on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. And then Kimberly D Brooks. I didn't know. I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know. On Twitter. <laughs> there you on go. Twitter. There like, you go. Who's like, who knows my middle name? Kimberly it's very thing, but you have the same profile <laughs> picture on both. So that makes it much easier. Like when people are oh, trying yes. to find you, it's like, oh, okay, that's the right one. Oh, it's like, <laughs> like it's her. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like... <laughs> exactly. 
Yeah, because it's it. like I have a very common name. There's a lot of Kim Brooks out there. Yeah. Sure, sure. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> but you can find me. Just, you know. Oh, we'll make sure. We'll, we'll make sure everybody goes your way. So, yeah. Just, wow, yeah. what a gem you are. That I Just the Aww. smile is so infectious. We just it can't really help but smile when we – and we get to see Thank the smile. You. So, there you go. I know. It's awesome. Thank exactly. you so, so much. This was really, really fun. Of course. Oh, of course. Open invite anytime you ever want to come back on. We have an industry news segment where we talk about entertainment news. We have a top oh. five where, like, sometimes it's top five animated movies. That's this right. Time, oh, it's, wow. Yeah. Like, there's just so many different things that we could have you – back on and of course another guest segment to promote things that you're doing like we said we're always down like hex girl reunion yeah right (laughs) get the hex girls all on that'd be awesome that'd be we should should totally do that let's make that happen my gosh emily will be like right here she'll be like oh my god (laughs) exactly oh you guys also i found out recently that i'm nominated for an annie award oh okay or for best actor for actually for Bumblebee. That's nice. yes. So, Congratulations. Yes. Yes. It's coming up. So I don't know how it all works, but right. <coughs> well, excuse me. I was best really of excited luck. to hear I, that. I Thank totally you. think you should win because I ah, love Bumblebee thanks. and yeah. I you do a great job. Bumblebee playing. Yes, yes. Oh <laughs> yeah. my goodness. Well we'll see. We'll see. But I'm just it's just cool to be not it really is just cool to be nominated. We'll start the like, campaign what? right now, don't worry. Exactly. I don't even know who votes. I don't right? know. We'll find out. We'll we'll find out. Yeah, we'll do our research. That's right. We have people. Yes, get the people on it. I love it. I love it. Well, listen, Thanks, take care. Guys. Have a good night and good Thanks luck so tomorrow with your first taping and all that good stuff. Oh, yes. I'm really excited. I'm I can't excited. wait to listen to you because we'll be watching for sure. Oh, yeah. You'll hear me on the Beijing Olympics. Very yeah. nice. <laughs> that was an exclusive right there. Exclusive. That was it right here. I love it. I love it. Well, listen, Thanks, take guys. care and have a great night. Yep. You too. Thank Bye-bye. you. Bye-bye. Bye. Oh man, that smile just like lit up the room. She like through the zoom, it lit up the room. Through the zoom, <laughs> she's so fun. She is like absolutely amazing. Yeah, like I can't thank Delana enough for even recommending her because I mean, like she is somebody who you want to have around. Yeah. She's got that knowledge. She's got that the personality of like someone who can encourage you, like how far to go, and like has so much advice on what to do in the entertainment industry. And the perfect mix of confidence mm-hmm. and humility. Yes. Because you have to be cocky and confident, but you also have to be humble and thankful. Facts. And, and she was the perfect mix of that. Agreed, oh my goodness. man. So good, so good. Thank you again, Kimberly Brooks, for coming on the show. Alright, now it is time for the top five segment. Yes. Man, oh man, we're super excited. It's only right that after an amazing interview like this with a voice actress that has done basically all the cartoons from my childhood and from his dadhood, um, we talk about favorite childhood shows and she is part of some of them. So I'm super excited about that. So my number five is one that she was in and that is Dexter's Laboratory. Yes. This is one of the first shows that I remember as as a child growing up and I felt like it was such a cool thing to like think about that kids could possibly do it all we could have a hidden lab in the back of our house that our parents don't even know about and create these amazing things and then plus all of you that have siblings you realize that Dee Dee 
is the exact same thing as your siblings when you're trying to do something awesome that they can sometimes come and just mess up your whole life yes. and your whole invention and all that good stuff. But Dexter's Lab was such an entertaining show. And I mean, Cartoon Network in the 90s and early 2000s, they had it going on and this was a part of that. So that's why number five for me is Dexter's Laboratory. Okay, I'm just going to be honest. My top five's got a lot of my um, childhood crushes and maybe still adult crushes. <laughs> maybe still adult crushes. Okay, definitely still adult crushes. It's fine. It's okay. And it's the fine. first, my number five, and it could have been number one. It could have been fallen anywhere on this list, uh, honestly, is um, the lovely, amazing, talented, beautiful, my childhood and adult crush, Linda Carter. I'm, of course, talking about Wonder Woman. Of course. If you are my age... You know Wonder Woman was one of your favorite shows in childhood because it was fucking epic. And they did it so well. It started off in World War II and then it transitioned into the current times. And, uh, I mean, look, Linda Carter set the bar, man. Around that time frame is when Christopher Reeve was Superman. Linda Carter was Wonder Woman. And they were setting that bar to which all of the stuff now is following. Patty Jenkins will tell you, you know, uh, everybody. Uh, Snyder will tell you this. Kevin Feige. These are the two that they try to emulate moving forward with all the superhero movies. And there's a reason for that because they were spot on fucking perfect. And uh, Wonder Woman was a family show. It was fun. It dealt with some serious stuff. I mean, Nazis and all kinds of, you know, early on and stuff. But it did it in a way that was entertaining and kids could watch it with their moms and dads. And, uh, and one of the very first shows early on, women. It's strong women lead, you know, that 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 took charge and, and inspired a bunch of young ladies to get out there and do their shit. And I mean, so Linda Carter, I mean, she did that for a lot of amazing women, probably Patty Jenkins, no doubt. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. Number five, Wonder Woman. It was it's a just, good one. Love it. I, right. Right. So good. I was just, I mean, while you're saying that I reflect on like it seems like a lot of kids shows in my time weren't really as popular live action. I get a lot right, of them yeah. were cartoon. I, the only one that kind of comes to mind is like Blue's Clues. I mean, but even fucking Steve was yeah. there with an animated character. So, I mean, it's very interesting. It's very interesting to see how the. I got some animation though, don't worry. Yeah, yeah. It's very interesting <laughs> to see how the entertainment childhood world progresses. Yes. Um, number four for me is kind of like number five uh, Codename Kid Next Door, Ooh. where you kind of, you know, are spies saving the world and you're a kid and you feel like you can do anything. I feel like that's what a lot of my uh, shows that I've put on my list uh, very well represent our children doing anything that an adult can do if they put their minds to it yes. and if they are educated enough. And that continues on to today with if you are educated enough, you could do anything. I mean that's just how I feel and how I feel like how these shows like implemented their wisdom, I guess you could say, on me and how I move forward in my life. So, I mean, Codename Kid Next Door, I mean, every every character that you have, you have one through five, and they were all freaking, like, different aspects mm -hmm. of one's life. You had number one who was, like, the thinker. He always had a plan, and he was going to lead the team. He was a very uh, prime example of a leader. Uh, number two was very smart, very much the brains. You could be an inventor. You could 
basically come up with anything you put your mind to. Number three was just goofy, happy-go-lucky. No matter what came to her, she just let that shit roll off, and she was like happy, bubbly, all that good stuff. And number uh, four, strength, always ready to go, amped up, like no matter what. If you come at me, I have the courage and the strength to come back at you. And number five, just that style and coolness, like with basically how you approach life and how you approach others. So I feel like each one of these characters is a part of all of our lives. So I got really deep with that one. No, yeah, but you know, that reminds me of one of my childhood favorites that I almost put on the list and then I didn't because I wanted to put a couple other things on there, but uh, Battle of the Planets Mm. or G-Force. Same thing, a group of these five individuals all with their different strengths and weaknesses that come together and they're all numbered, had the numbers on their shirts, one, two, three, Mm. four, five. Mm. I fucking loved that show. It was Battle of the Planets and then it, you know, G-Force is what it, you know, kind of became and, you know, but yeah, just fucking loved that show um so that it reminded me of that but i did go with this animated um show definitely one of my all-time favorite shows one of the uh things that i used to as a kid draw the shit out of i was so in love with my babysitter who was a huge fan of this show (laughs) and i would draw her uh these characters damn near every day uh to try to impress her she loved them, by the she way. She um, Still didn't happen. But she loved them. Uh, I'm, of course, talking about uh, Smurfs, who pretty much indoctrined every child in existence back in the early 80s uh, into the cult of little blue beings, three apples high. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, Papa Smurf, Brainy Smurf, Vanity, like that. And, of course, Gargamel and Azrael. And yeah. it's just like, it was a really fun, awesome show, you know, with a kick-ass theme song. La, 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 la. And then Smurfette. Who the fuck didn't love Smurfette? Come on! I mean, Smurfette, the only woman amongst all the men. Most desirable. I mean, clearly most desirable. But I just fucking loved it. I mean, it just, you know, it's goofy fun. Smurfs were goofy fun. And I loved them. So my number four. Smurfs. Smurfs. Makes sense. And who didn't love the Neil Patrick Harris live action version? I mean, come on. For sure. Fucking great film. Come on now. Come on. (laughs) Uh, Number three for me is my introduction to anime, and I'm I'm sure it's a lot of people's introduction to anime, and that's at Naruto. And I mean, this is a prime example of a kid being like back up against the wall, first episode of the pilot. Nobody wants to talk to this kid and basically banished because of what they believe is inside of him and that they think that he can't overcome. And he grew up up as an orphan and that didn't matter. He basically kept pursuing becoming a ninja and he never quit, never gave up and he always had a dream and he chased that dream every single day and he made sure to remind everyone about that dream and he it was just such an amazing character and there was different friend groups that come weave in and out of the show that I feel like are very important that you can show who belongs in your circle and who doesn't belong in your circle and even if they're not in your circle you have people that are important to you your entire life and even if they're doing their own thing and you're doing your own thing that's okay but they will always be important to you and when you call they will answer so that's why Naruto number three for me like I said introduction to anime and it's just such a good storytelling show yeah Got deep on that one too. I know. Fucking loved it. I loved it. So my number uh, three is beloved show that Mm -hmm. like literally spun off so many other beloved shows. Laverne and Shirley, Mork and Mindy. 
I would call out the other one, but to jackass is being so fucking stupid lately. I'm not even going to reference it. Um, but anyway, I am, of course, talking about the legendary, legendary Happy Days. Happy Days. I, little Ronnie Howard, not so little, you know, obviously grew up. Uh, Henry Winkler is the Fonz. I mean, I, I just, I, guys, who didn't fucking love this show? Exactly. Um, it, it was just good family fun about, you know, somebody that's perceived as a bad guy, but really a good guy with a big heart. Of course, talking about the Fonz and uh, his, his friendship with, uh, you know, Richie Cunningham and, you know, just basically coming of age story of all these kids. Um in 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 the time of 50s and 60s and it was just it was so fun to watch and of course you guys have known this guy just learned this guy just learned where it comes from jumping the shark yeah <laughs> where it may have gone too far and they really had nothing left else to do and yeah. fawns water skis and jumps a shark and that's that's yeah. where the term comes from when we you had might no have idea. peaked too soon and you you jumped the shark yeah um yeah. but it's a brilliant show it was a lot of fun and like i said who can i mean gary marshall Behind so many different things. Penny yeah. Marshall, you know, spawned Laverne and Shirley and Mork and Mindy and went on to all these huge, amazing th- uh, careers because of Gary Marshall. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it, it was just a, a, a fucking Mr. Miyagi. Yeah. Arnold. He was Arnold. <laughs> Days. Um, I can't. I can't help it. I, and yeah, you know, you you know the theme song. You sing the theme song. You know you do. You just like Happy Days. I, you know, I'm waiting for that. Yeah, they had an animated cartoon. They did a Happy Days cartoon around. Yeah, you know, a few years later, it didn't didn't go over as well as the show, but you know, they tried. and It was fun. Exactly. Um, anyway, my number three, Happy Days. <laughs> <laughs> so funny, man. So funny. Uh, number two for me. I mean, I talk about this one all the time when it comes to DC superheroes and DC characters, and especially DC animated shows, and that is Batman Beyond. Mm. It's such a good show. Everybody knows how I feel about that one with, I mean, Bruce Wayne passing on the mantle in a new society and all this different stuff. The Return of the Joker is one of my all-time favorite animated films. Yeah, just Batman Beyond. You guys know how it is. It's such a good show. Everybody needs to watch that one. Spawned from spawn from batman the animated, the animated series. series yeah i mean like it's uh, it's some of the i see I, batman the animated series would have been totally on my list but i was a grown-ass adult yeah and i loved that fucking show and i didn't miss an episode but i was an adult and this is childhood favorite so it didn't make my list my number two my other current and childhood crush current crush i love her to death if you're a Grey's anatomy fan you know who she is she uh, kareb's mom uh it, she's just a brilliant woman inside now and, and i am of course if you grew up when i grew up there wasn't a single time that you did not watch these two shows the six million dollar man and the bionic woman you so wanted steve austin and jamie summers to get together and finally in the late 80s in the tv movies those they finally got married they got their shit together um I just fucking loved the show. Like, who doesn't love the idea of building them better, faster, stronger, and, you know, and kicking ass? I mean, come on, they they fought Bionic Bigfoot for fucking sake. They fought Bigfoot. Who doesn't want to see that shit? And the Fembots with like, oh my god, these shows were so amazing. But honestly, I mean, I loved I loved Steve Austin and the Bionic Man and you know the Six Million Dollar Man. But the Bionic Woman, I was all in. Oh, Jamie yeah. Summers. I wanted to marry Jamie Summers. Uh, I wa- everybody wanted to marry Jamie Summers and Wonder Woman. <laughs> they were like right there. Two. They were right there. Um, and she's phenomenal. You know, like I said, Kareb's mom on Grey's Anatomy. Yep. She has long since continued the career and just still a phenomenal actress and a phenomenal woman. But um, 
I couldn't get enough of them. I had the action figures. I had like you know my my twin sis had Jamie and I had Steve and it was like you know everybody wanted to. And Max, Max, Jamie's dog, the bionic dog, Maximilian, oh German Shepherd, beautiful. Oh my fucking god, these shows were so good. Oh man, my number two, and I couldn't just pick one. I had to pick both because I feel like they're a unit. Six million dollar man, bionic woman, they're connected. They are. They are. I mean, let's be honest about it. They are. Oh, my well, God. Of course. Lindsay Wagner and, uh, and Lee Majors. I'm talking. Those were the Bionic Man and the Bionic Woman. I didn't even say their names. Lindsay Wagner. Um, I love you, Lindsay. Oh, it's right. so funny. So funny. Number one for me <laughs> is the one that I would wake up every Saturday and just watch. Yes. Hopefully just catch it on any time of the day. And that is Tom and Jerry. Like, that is by far one of my all-time okay. favorite like cartoons growing up i absolutely love all the movies i love like i mean i was even a decent enough fan of the new one that came out i thought it was pretty good like i said um but it's just classic fun like there's nothing you have to think deeply about because you know we watch a lot of content in the entertainment industry so we have to sometimes figure out these puzzles before like coming to the end result but with Tom and Jerry, man, you just enjoy, laugh, have a good time. And I feel like that is what is most important in today's society. You just got to sit back, enjoy life, and just, you know, have some time with your family, fun, family, and friends. So that's why Tom and Jerry is my number one. It's why I drew them. I love Tom and Jerry, exactly. too. It's longevity. They, yeah. too, were one of my childhood favorites because they've been around for that long. Forever. And they were a cartoon when I was young um, and when he was young. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, now, I have to ask, though. I have to ask. Are you more of a fan when they're friends or when they're enemies? So I like the movies when, like, they work together, but they're not happy about it. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I, I, I would prefer them being enemies. Yeah, me too. And freaking too. Uh, bringing the dog in on it. And, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Uh, getting in on Tom. But, totally. Yeah, I like the movies where they, they have to work together and then, you know. I don't like when they talk, though. I don't like when they talk. Yeah, Keep them yeah. mute. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Okay, my number one. Dun, 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 dun. I, I, this is like, you know, every uh, – you could not grow up in my era and not have this as your your show, your cartoon, the one. I'm talking, of course, Super Friends. Super Friends. I, and I'm going to tell you this, okay? It started off as my childhood favorite show well into my adulthood because I was a grown-ass teenager by, <laughs> and it was still on. It was the legendary superpower show, Super Friends, when I was a grown-ass teenager. My little brother had started getting into it, collecting all the figures and everything. But, I, I mean, there were so many different incarnations of the Super Friends. And then there was the Super Friends, then the Legion of Doom, and then the Super Friends, the legendary superpower show. And just whatever incarnation it was, it was still the Super Friends. And it was my favorite fucking show ever. And I loved it, and I still love it now. If I'm flipping through and it's on Boomerang, I stop and I watch it because sure. it's fucking brilliant. The narration and the <laughs> meanwhile back at the Hall of Justice. Like, I mean, I, like, I fucking loved it. <laughs> I just could not get enough of it. And when they started introducing the new characters like Cyborg and Firestar, Cyborg, fuck Teen Titans on Cartoon Network and all that. The first time we saw Cyborg on fucking Super Friends and the Superpowers collect, that's where he is. Firestorm, Black Lightning, like all these people. If you want to know where they've seen them first, fucking super friends that's what i saw him right there 
right there. Just say it. Oh my goodness. Well, we want to know what your top five or your number one favorite childhood show was. Please be sure to leave a comment in the comment section, either on any of the podcast platforms or on YouTube. We like the fan interaction or add us on Twitter at yeah. Jalo Fantastic and at Crazy Ant Guy 1970. We love it. We absolutely love it. Well, heading over to the box office recap, Spider Man is still number one, uh, taking that one week off and then coming back <laughs> because I mean, let's be honest about it. I personally, I know you did as well. I contemplated going to go see it again. Oh, yeah. I almost went yeah. and saw it again at least three different times. So, no doubt other people are doing the same thing. So it's still at number one. It pulled in $11 million last week. Number two is Scream. That one's still kicking, doing pretty well. It pulled in seven point two. Mm-hmm. Sing 2 came out, and it is still doing pretty well with $4.7 million. Still need to watch the first yeah, one. Yeah, I, really, I want to see the second one so bad. Yeah. Uh, Redeeming Love is at number four with $1.8 million. Is that the Pam and Tommy story? No, uh, no, 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 no. That's different. No, that's different. <laughs> Be sure to check that one out, though. Um, Talking num- penis, that's all num- Number five <laughs> is The Kingsman with $1.7 million. And they say new movies that are coming out. Uh, Moonfall, The Worst Person in the World, uh, Jackass Forever. That's the big one that's coming out this week. Um, uh, Last Looks and The Long Night. But hmm. next week, not this week, but next week it's going to be like um, – uh, the Nile one, the mm-hmm, fucking mm-hmm. Uh, with Gal Gadot, yeah, yep. and um, and that guy that they won't show in the previous, yeah, that guy that won't show, that guy that won't show, and um, <laughs> fucking marry me, uh, yes, J Lo and Owen Wilson, which I want to see. That one looks uh, good. Yeah, you know, you know, I think it looks better with Owen Wilson than it did probably with Army Hammer. So oh, I'm glad totally they went agreed. with Owen totally Wilson. Totally agreed. Um, movies you can still go see right now: The Three Fifty Five, American Underdog. Ghostbusters Afterlife, uh, Liquorice Pizza, which I've heard a lot of mixed reviews about, and uh, West Side Story. So you can go to your local theater and watch that. Hmm. And IMDb Pro's top trending segment has all the good stuff. You guys know. It has an amazing (laughs) section to where you can email publicists, try to reach out for acting gigs, production gigs, all these different things. If you're a filmmaker or if you're an actor trying to break into the entertainment industry, this app is for you and it's only 20 bucks a month. You do get a free trial, so there's always that. You can just try it out. If it's not your thing, if you're not completely committed which we know some people are like that just it's okay just let it go it's fine but at least try it out it's definitely you need worth it. it if you're serious about the industry you need it. you do like you just... really do the top trending movie this week is Encanto we don't talk about Bruno have you watched this one yet I have watched it finally, isn't it great and it's fantastic it's so good it, if you guys you really do need to see it yeah if you have not seen it take advantage of it be able to watch it it's outstanding good family fun seriously it's good family fun Pixar does not fail they I'm never just saying, like, never fail. They're so damn good. Uh, top turning show is Ozark, which I've actually heard where right where I dropped off is when shit started getting real. So I'm like, <laughs> fuck, do I go back and Need watch this again? Back. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, that's top turning show. And by no surprise, with that being the top turning show, Julia Garner is the top turning star who is like, you know, the breakout star, I guess you could say, of this show that she everyone loves. She's so amazing. She is, she is such great. a phenomenal actress. She was amazing in Americans, which is where I first saw her. But 
yeah, have been a huge fan forever. She's just getting it done. For sure. For sure. Well, guys, that's episode 183. We appreciate all of you for listening and watching. We got to thank our guest, Kimberly Brooks, one more time for coming on the show and getting a little crazy. You can follow her at Kimberly Brooks 11 on Instagram and Kimberly D. Brooks on Twitter. So yes. Be sure to check her out. Um, and you can follow the company and podcast on social media. You guys know we're everywhere. You can follow the podcast at ItCap Podcast, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And you can follow the company on at Crazy Ant Media on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. So be sure to we check those stuff out. It's we make the really same on do. everything. So, We're yeah. so good at that. We're so good at that. And you guys know you can follow us both personally on social media. We love the fan interaction. We love having a conversation. Myself, at JLoFantastic on Twitter and Instagram, and at CrazyAntGuy1970. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And you guys know you can subscribe to this podcast anywhere you get to your podcast, and that's Apple Podcasts, Apple, our Spotify, Google Play Music, Anchor, uh, Podbean, Stitcher, all the good things. We're literally on everything. And you guys know you can watch us on YouTube. Be sure to hit that like button on the video, subscribe to the channel, and ring the bell for all the yes. latest and greatest notifications coming out of Crazy Ant Media. Stay up to date with the craziness. And be sure to visit our website, www.crazyantmedia.com, where you can start rocking the latest and greatest Crazy Ant Media gear. We just ended a free shipping uh, promotional sale, which if you were following us on any of our social media accounts, you would have seen. Our next one is on Valentine's Day. I think that's 20% off, so be sure to mark your calendars on that one. Like I said, we have all the Valentine's Day merch out right now so be sure to share the love with some crazy love yes we love it. so much great stuff on the website guys you can you can find out where we're at with our film you can watch some of our favorite interviews yes. you know from from the from the podcast you can buy the merch you can learn what's going on in the company just i mean visit the website do it do it <laughs> and of course we got to thank our sponsor self-pause and I'm thinking self-affirmation, all about positivity, all about helping others like just be motivated and continue going on in life and chase your dreams. Yes. That's what we're all about. So that's why this is a perfect sponsorship for us. Absolutely. But it's been an amazing episode. I think the industry news, like we freaking – we blew through it one, first and foremost. I loved having Kimberly Brooks on the show because she was an amazing first guest of the show. And I'm excited for all these upcoming guests that we have booked and that are going to come on the show um but i will say i'm really excited about the offer yeah like the offer dude. is going to be so good super pumped about the offer i am super pumped about uh like the gotham knights yeah uh, on yeah i'm super pumped about that uh really excited to see jennifer beals coming back to the law and order family because i'm titans, a huge fan of her really titans. excited about the titans uh, characters and i'll tell you what uh, you guys heard it you heard it. Heard it. And so we're going to stay on it. We're going to make it happen. We're going to see Hex Girls are coming back. I really hope I so. mean, <laughs> yeah, I sounded pretty good. Kimberly made it sound pretty good. So we're going to be, oh, man. That's probably my favorite part about right. the interview is when she said that. And I was like, what? We, and you heard, you heard. 
Maybe having all the hex girls on for a little reunion. That'd be wild. How awesome would that be? If you are anybody of their age or Emily's age or, you know, my daughter, like, a hex girls reunion would be epic. It would. Well, we're going to try to make that happen. But, yeah, some of my favorite parts, and I just, yeah. And how can you not love the the, the Tyler Sheridan stuff? I yeah, mean, right. That guy is just, that's the way to get shit done yeah. in Hollywood, guys. I mean, it's so inspiring. If you're not watching any of those three shows that we listed, you are missing out. Oh, I'm just saying. Huge. Great content. And it's something really for everybody. Um, but man, oh man, next week we got Sammy Haney from Raising Dion. Yes. We're super excited about that one. So be sure to tune in next week. But man, it was an absolute blast doing this episode. We thank you once again. And you guys know we love the one, the only <laughs> Oprah.